three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell here. And we are continuing through Joshua as we continue to attempt to get all of us reading God's Word more and to be better at reading it, listening to it <clears throat> prayerfully and having that fellowship with the Lord and with one another as we go through God's Word. And today's text is an interesting text. So I want us to focus on obedience and focus on the reality of leadership that we're going to see very clearly right here in Joshua chapter 3, verse 7 through about 13. So let's just dive right in. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the word of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, and when the souls of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. And we'll stop there. So this is, I didn't say this at the very beginning, Joshua chapter 3, verse 7 through 13. And so a couple of interesting things here. One, God is exalting a man. He exalted Moses in the sense of he knows God created us and he knows that we need leadership. He also knows how faulty leadership is. And so he was very hands-on with Moses and he is very hands-on here with Joshua. So as a leader, if that's what you are, to be reminded here that you're faulty and you need God. <laughs> Also, most of us probably aren't the kind of leader Joshua and Moses are that is in charge of an entire people group. And so we should be humbled by whoever is following us, that God would use us in the lives of a few. All right, so that's so Joshua is going to be exalted, not so that they can lift up Joshua, but that they will continue to follow after God as he does these great works. And Joshua is his mouthpiece. And he's about to do another great work. He's done lots for these people, feeding them daily, protecting them, causing their clothing not to wear out for 40 years or their sandals. A lot, a lot of things that we just take for granted, right? And he's done all that. He also is showing us here in the future, I think, the, the straight up obedience of people who have the right humble heart toward the Lord. Twelve men are, he's told to pick twelve men, one from each tribe. He does that. 
What, what are they to do? Well, we're not told that, and they're not told that. They will be told later what they're going to do. They're going to actually each pick a rock and stack it up on the other side of the river. But they're just told to, all right, come over here. All right, stay close, basically. So they're going to stay close to Joshua for whatever future order Joshua has. They have no idea what they're being tasked with. Matter of fact, we don't know that Joshua at this point knows either. So just understanding the idea of the kind of leadership God is looking for in any of us, in any role that we have, is that we're we're servant-oriented, that we're humble, that we realize that apart from God, we're ridiculous in any type of leading we try to do, whether it's leading a small family, leading a small Bible study, or a company, or whatever it might be, whether you're an elected official, whether you're paid as a boss, whatever it might be, that apart from God, really, we are we are nothing. We need the Lord. And two, as God's followers, we're to be really obedient. <laughs> and so we see that in these 12 guys that are being picked. They're just, okay, I'm here. What do you want me to do? Oh, <clears throat> just stand by. Now, we don't, it doesn't say that, just stand by. But it's the way it, it it's the way it reads, and I'll read it again because I kept reading, so you might not have understood that there was an end to the sentence here. Um, so now, there, verse, verse 12, now therefore take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, period. The next sentence has nothing to do with those 12 men. Matter of fact, we won't see that, I don't think, until verse chapter 4, when they're going to be asked to collect these rocks. So they are going to be used here in this moment, not 40 years later. But it is just interesting, I think, looking looking at this. And then in light of everything that's going on in Israel right now, uh, not to miss this one sentence here, these people that are going to be driven out from before you. So they have the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Persiites, the, the Gergashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. So there are, what is that? That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people groups there, all of which have been fearing this moment for 40 years, and all of which obviously are no match for God. And it's, who is this God, right? Well, he is, he is the Lord of all the earth. It was repeated twice in this small section. The Lord of all the earth. The Lord of all the earth. So who is our God? Oh, he's the Lord of all the earth. He is the Lord of all the universe. He is the creator of all things. By him and for him, all things are made, is what Colossians tells us. So as you go forward today, as we think about the craziness that is all over this world, because men and women, people, are trying to be in control. People are trying to uh, run from the reality that there is a God that should be worshipped by them, and and we want to run from that. We don't want to humble ourselves to God. And so many people on this planet right now are in total rebellion to God, and God is dealing with them and will deal with them. But we as his children, the church, we are to be obedient regardless of what the other people are doing. And that's what's happening here. So Joshua's going to lead the people there to be obedient regardless of what happens to the other six 
tribes that are going to be pushed out that would be obedient to God. And even as they push these people out, we'll see, like with Rahab, that there are some people who appeal to the Israelites because they recognize who they're up against. Oh, we're up against the God of the universe. Well, I'd like to worship the God of the universe, actually. I'd like to worship him. And I'd, so I'd like to join you in worshiping him because this other stuff, this is nonsense. And I get it. And so will you, <laughs> can I surrender to you? So that's part of what's going to happen with some people starting with Rahab and her family. So it's an interesting time here in the book of Joshua as it is in all of redemptive history as it is right now in our world. God bless you guys. Have a good day. Get into God's word. Be reading it. Even if you're just reading a few Psalms or a proverb of the day or a couple of chapters in the New Testament, be reading God's word. God bless you. Talk to you soon.